1: Of studios in Dublin, welcome to Mother folklore podcast about words. Irish Irish words.
2: And words from Ireland.
1: I'm Derek O'Shea. I'm Emer Duffy. And we are joined on the Blower from <laughs> over from England up the apples and pears by
0: Dr. Claire Murray. Hola chicos. <laughs>
1: <laughs> What's cracking, Claire?
0: I'm great, thank you. How are you all doing?
1: We're doing wonderfully well.
0: Not too bad, can't complain.
1: We're just saying here, we are currently recording in the um in those pre-exam weeks in Ireland and in a few weeks we are going to adjust get some ad-
2: cracking sunshine is what we're gonna get some <laughs> wonderful
1: sunshine and with the sunshine comes a uh I put one of the, the the hallmarks of Irish summer not just the little ducklings not just the uh the the cherry blossoms but also the arrivals of Spanish students <gasps> so Eimear you were a reverse Spanish student, am I right?
2: Yes, I was. I got to go the other direction. So where I'm from um, in Kerry, there's a company that um, transfers students between um, Kerry and Madrid. And a position came up with them one year. I was maybe, I think it was maybe 16 at the time, uh, where they were running a summer camp in a little town called Olías de Uh, Which is technically in Toledo, which is about maybe forty minutes south of Madrid. Mm. So I applied anyway and got the stint. So I got to become a reverse Spanish student.
1: So tell me this: Did you you talk loudly in shops at your friends and and fill up the buses?
2: Uh, I sat actually in the middle of the street. (gasps) Yeah, just on the white line. Yeah, (laughs) at a a box junction, just sat down. (laughs) <laughs>
1: did you have little turn-ups in the bottom of your jeans
2: uh no that wasn't cool at the time
1: oh is that yeah that that's... was seen as the classic spanish student look the yeah turn turn up jeans and then the the, the shirt under the uh, round neck jumper yeah <laughs> <laughs>
2: well in fairness it was like 38 to 40 degrees it was 45 degrees the hottest day that we were there so i wasn't going to be like trekking around in my skinny jeans yeah. rolled up
1: That'll be too hot now for me. I mean,
2: yeah, it was. But it was amazing. It was absolutely fantastic. I loved it. Um, I ended up not doing Erasmus in university. I did Spanish in university, so I didn't get to, like, do the whole, like, college year abroad or whatever. But I didn't really mind because at least I had done the kind of. Ex- well, it wasn't an exchange because I didn't take anyone home with me, let's say. Um <laughs>
1: <laughs> just like
2: plucking a random Spaniard off the street being like you'll do
1: <laughs> I can just imagine the look on Phil's face if you came home and yeah. said this is Jose <laughs> we're in love
2: uh, no there was none of that Jesus there was only 16 there <laughs> but um, yeah so I got to do a bit of time out there um, do a bit of working do a bit of learning doing a bit of whatever else and um, eating loads of ice creams and <sighs> All the all the good stuff that you do when you're 16 and your technique on your holidays, but you're getting paid.
1: It says dilic.
2: Yeah, it was. It's
1: sounds cool. wild.
0: Yeah, I know.
1: And Claire, and Claire, you were on Erasmus in Spain.
0: I was, and actually linking back to what Emma was talking about earlier, I, so I did Erasmus in Salamanca, which is northwest of Madrid. It is beautiful. It, it's called La Ciudad Dorada, so it's really golden toasted because of all the sandstone. But on one mm. of my last nights there. I was out in the town with some mates. We were having a great time. And out at the back of of my my ear, I hear an Irish lad shouting, right? And you turn around and you're going, what's going on, what are they doing? Turns out they had decided to hit on a Spanish lad's girlfriend. And there wasn't just like one of them There was like at least five And they got into a massive fight That went out onto the streets, right? Right right. The policemen arrived And I was kind of going The the Guardia Civil And I was like Oh shit, this is not good Because the Irish lads couldn't speak any Spanish And the Spanish policemen couldn't speak any English Mm -hmm. So I was like, "All right." do you want a translator? So I had to basically go in the car or in the police car yeah. to the police station and basically get all of those lads out of jail. And I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, I don't know these people. This is two o'clock in the morning. I want to be in my bed. But the person <laughs> were very nice. They were, like, <laughs> they were like, it's okay. Like this is, you know, thank you very much for your help. And they dropped me off home, which was very kind of them. But yeah, that's my, my memory of kind of the reverse Erasmus is is some Irish lads out in the town basically causing riots. So
2: and like, have you yeah, like are time. you friends with these lads on Facebook now? Do you like send them Christmas cards? No, so, I mean
0: no, definitely not. Like they, <laughs> they were fifteen, I would have been about like twenty three. So I I was like I was like I don't want to know you. I don't want to near yeah. you. I just want to help you get out because you're Irish and I feel sad. Otherwise, I'd, you'd be here like fighting all night in a cell. So yeah, fair enough. But, yeah, Spain is beautiful. Like it's, I think it's a very interesting place in the terms of of our like our our culture because it's actually quite similar in how they value family and that's quite interesting if you compare it to other parts of Europe like it's very very family centered you would do everything for your family which I think is very similar to Ireland and maybe some of that comes through the church I'm not sure um but it, it doesn't feel like you're miles away from home when you're there if that makes sense like when you're actually living there with people yeah exactly but one of the choices yeah so one of the choices I made and I was I'm so glad I did is that when I moved and when I found somewhere to live I was like as much as I love all the other Erasmus students I'm not living with you because I'm not going to learn any Spanish yeah and yeah. um, so I lived with my housemate who didn't speak a word of English <laughs> and that made such a difference right because you're kind of going okay I need to cut some paper and you know she doesn't know the words for scissors, uh-huh. so you're kind of going like, how how am I going to do this? So you're like, okay, necesito algo para cortar. I need something to cut, and that actually, in a way, it helps develop your vocabulary so much more because if she doesn't know the words, you know, you've got to find a way to get the words and convey what you mean. So it actually, it really worked well as a way of learning Spanish and actually becoming more fluent in Spanish. So
2: yes, actually, on that note, my favorite thing is if you ever have someone who doesn't have English as their first language and they're trying to tell you a story, it's probably my favorite thing in the world because they just come up with like some mad shit to describe things that's going on. (laughs) Or like, you know, there's like some mad like hands, like little hand signals going on or like they're making like funny noises. And I'm like, this is brilliant. Like they could just be telling me that they were going to the shop. Mm -hmm. But they're like, the whole thing is like animated and it's just, it's fantastic to hear someone like telling a story, or trying to convey something in a language that isn't theirs, and I'm like, this would be so boring if it was just <laughs> me sitting down chatting to like someone from down the road.
1: That's, I I remember that that very same thing when I, when I, I, again a Spanish friend of mine was was trying didn't know the word for a weasel. I was trying to explain. It, 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 it was it was like this small monster. He's like a he's, he's kind of like a furry <laughs> lizard, and uh, and he's always cunning. <laughs> and I was like, okay yeah, clearly that's a weasel i mean but it was it definitely yeah. added, added a bit of flavor to the tale.
2: or what was that tweet there was someone and their colleague was from south america i think and there was some sort of a turkey or a bird or something that they had to go past when they were taking out the bins and this bird was kind of aggressive like it would hiss at you and uh, apparently, this man comes back in from putting out the bins, and he's like, "I do not like the cobra chicken." <laughs>
1: <laughs> Classic.
2: <laughs> I'm like that's brilliant.
1: <laughs> somebody, somebody tweeted at me once, and they said that they're doing their Irish orals, and they couldn't remember the word for wood. I'm Irish, and they they said they said fuel cron. Ah. Huh. Yeah. Tree meat. Tree,
0: tree meat. Mm. That's, that's a good way to
2: do it. Yeah, When I had the mother folklore account there in January, I was talking about like fizzy water and someone tweeted me and they said that their son who was maybe four and they call fizzy water ishka bubbles.
1: <laughs> yeah. I love that. That's, That's so I, know. I absolutely love that. It's fantastic. Anyway, well, back mean, to in, Spain.
0: <laughs> in Spanish, when you're talking about that, it's like agua con gas yeah. or agua sin gas. So basically still water is, you know, without gas and yeah. and fizzy water is with gas which I think is kind of it describes it, it's like say it as you see it almost which yeah. is very much a Spanish thing so.
1: And that's what we're here to talk about today, we want to talk a little bit about the Spanish language how it's, wh- where it compares to Irish, where it doesn't and some Spanish-Irish connections and Ooh. what and those kind of way it's taught moments between, uh, because Spanish is, has the distinction of being a, um, a minority language in some of the world's big co- economies as well as being a majority language in some, some growing and growing and, uh, and prosperous countries such as such as our neighbors in Spain itself. Um, it's um, it's had uh, there's it's large cultural battles in the United States as well as in South America. But I'm going to start by saying this. Uh, it's been often suggested that the Spanish Armada arrived on the west coast of Ireland uh, during the Elizabethan Wars and entered the population.
2: Hey.
1: <laughs>
2: i don't know if you said that the way you wanted to say that or if i just heard it the wrong way because i'm kind of hung over but i was i was i was dirt <laughs> you, can,
1: you can just imagine you know like um the, the, no i
2: don't want to imagine thank you very much i really like it none of that needs imagining
1: <laughs> but it's been often suggested that they um that the, kind of the dark hair and uh, and brown eyes are, are associated with the people in the west of Ireland and the, it's me! hey, it's hey. down to a drop of Armada wine. Some a bit of that. Back. I mean,
0: yeah. there are actually some signs here, Derek, that you could back up this with, okay. right? Because um, basically, uh, Prof Prof Dan Bradley in Trinity College recently published a paper and basically the the title of of the article in the Irish Times is What do pygamy shrews, badgers, mountain hares, pine martens and Irish people have in common? All probably came to Ireland on boats from northern Spain. So the history is there. I think it's probably from Galicia and the Basque Country. So this is like genetic studies that they've carried out. So maybe you're right. Maybe there's something there. I'm not sure if that's helpful. I don't think he was going to like it, but it's, yeah. but it's there's, possible.
1: There's some messers bringing Pine Martins over. Those lads are up to up to no good.
2: I know, but they're lovely. My auntie has one that lives in her bin. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: <Just what? laughs> Is it him? I'd call him Oscar.
2: I like. I don't know if he's still uh, lives that's a good in name the bin. might have, yeah. But oh. if I get the chance to name him, I might...
0: So with Spanish, right? You've got 410 million speakers who speak it fluently, yeah. and it makes it—it's actually more than English in terms of actually first languages. But what I think is—is is quite interesting—is people talk about how difficult Galga is, right? They say, "Oh, it's really, really hard. It's really difficult." How many here and Navrielda have we got?
1: Oh my
2: God, I wasn't studying for this.
1: <laughs> um, I think we only have it's—it's it's twelve or thirteen, isn't it? Is it even that?
0: Uh, yeah, so it, it, I think eleven is what people often yeah. say, but I mean, I, I, yeah, I think yeah, view, yeah I right? think,
1: we'll go with eleven. Yeah. Whereas
0: there are hundreds, hundreds friends in Spanish. So anyone who says, "Oh yeah, you know, Irish is so much harder," I am sorry. There are hundreds of verbs that you need to learn that you know are, are navrielta. So I, I don't really think that's an argument people should be using anymore because it's lies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah,
1: it's that that that's that, that for sure and uh you you both obviously you both studied Spanish and um so how, how does the way it's taught compare?
2: Oh, the way it's taught. <laughs> well, I I think I might be exempt from this because I've never been to the Gaeltacht. Ah. When I went to Spain instead during my school years. So Fancy. I think actually on that with verbs, I think I've mentioned this in the podcast before. Um the endings the other way you kind of like you chop off the ending and you add your bit that signifies your tense yeah um in irish it's more or less the same in spanish where you take the root of the verb knock off your ending and then add on your bit at the end which tells you your person and your tense
1: okay so the suffix indicates the other case
2: yeah well, I mean I was calling it a bit you want to call it a suffix <laughs> one of us had significantly more points than the other last <laughs> night so that's my excuse <laughs> uh, so yeah things like um, conjugating verbs and stuff it's all if you have done it in one language it comes to you in the other put it that way um, The only thing that gets me is the ending that would have like an S, be it an A-S or an E-S in Spanish. It usually denotes your um second person singular. Okay. Uh, so it would be tú vives in Dublin, like you live in Dublin. Whereas when I'm speaking Irish because I have the uh, Munster, um, Conundh, my first person singular past tense would end in an S, so I'd be like oh, "vius mm. shúpáraire," like "vius neirawish," kind of that S ending. So that for me, sometimes even if I'm speaking Irish, I might actually, I'm accidentally rather put in that kind of S ending when I want to refer to the second person instead of the first. So it it, it tricks you out a little bit, but other than that, like they're kind of their verbal structure, yeah, is quite similar in how you conjugate them.
0: One of the things about the verbal structure, though, is you've also got this business of Usted. Usted, yeah, not my poli- friend. Yeah. Which is yeah. basically, I mean, we don't have this in Irish, but you've got the polite form of address. So, ah, if you, yeah, for example, you're going off to meet, you know, the Taoiseach, you're going off to meet Uchtarán here, and then you would obviously be using the polite form of address.
2: You're not walking up like, how are you, Miggledy? Yeah. <laughs>
0: exactly. Exactly. But you'd be using the third person singular to address the, um you know, either of these people, but you would be kind of going, bebe usted in, in Dublin, you know, do you live in Dublin, for example, if you wanted to have a chat with, with you know, Leah or whatever else. But that, I think also, it can, it's a really interesting question because when do you move into the, the informal? And that in itself is really interesting because actually, say, in somewhere like Spain, you would use this all, the you know, with people that you want to be formal with, but actually in places like South America, in certain countries, the polite form of address is actually the informal form of address. And so it gets really <laughs> confusing depending on where you are. Oh, yikes. So it's, yeah, there's, there's some really big di- like diversity in the language in terms of how it's used and in, in terms of how they actually even speak and use letters, you know, that's which I think is, is really cool. But also, it also makes it more difficult than Irish. Just saying.
2: Yeah, it does, so. definitely. Um, I would never use the the usted uh, forma del del verbo because my lecturers in university were all latin american oh yeah mm. so um obviously i'd done spanish for my leaving search and then went and moved on and did it in university um so we kind of like we knew about usted and you know you kind of do you know what you need to do for your leave and search, you know, you know it exists, you show how you can use it, whatever else. But then when I moved into university and like, you know, your lecturers are addressing the class or whatever, they're going to be using their Latin American Spanish. Yeah. Uh, so the usted was always the same. It was like, oh, you know, it's there. It exists. It's the polite form. This is how you use it. You need to demonstrate how you use it. But it was never like used or like Accurately mm-hmm. shall I, I kind of want to say Demonstrated But it's not really the word I want to look for either Like it was never in The kind of The
0: general lexicon Of the class yeah. Let's say um, yeah. So I just I just never use it But then also If you're thinking about things Like you get even Even more complicated So people go Ah Titilkinadact Ah Ah Mocanilach We have something Uh huh We have something Called subjunctive, subjunctivo. And El that subjuntivo. Is when things get yes. really <laughs> complicated. Because yeah. you're actually defining emotion and then saying, okay, this is an emotion, therefore I change the verb. So it, it can get really, really messy. And I think it's something that gives people a lot of headaches when they're first learning it, because you're talking about, you know, is a verb expressing desire? If so, then you need to think about actually changing the form of the verb. So oh. yeah, something like, you know. Victoria estudia español. So Victoria studies Spanish. And then, if you're expressing doubt, for example, es posible que Victoria estudie español. It's possible that Victoria will study Spanish, and that's kind of doubt. You know, you're expressing doubt there. So like you change it's kind the of a of
2: possibility, verb. but it wouldn't be like yeah. a conditional. It's like it's very yeah. specific.
1: That's very definitive.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and then there's loads of rules surrounding like El Super as well, and whether or not you use no and yes. whether or not the like the person I think changes at one end of the verb to the other or something. They're all oh, like mad yeah. shit goes on um in Spanish grammar. And as well as that gustar. It's the one, it's the verb to like. Oh yeah. And it's kind of the one where you ignore it, you're like, oh yeah, you know, me gusta el chocolate, tú le gusta el chocolate, me gustan los gatos. You know, you're kind of like, right, okay, I know how to do this, whatever. And then it comes up in an exam and you're like, oh shit. <laughs> because the way that the verb inflects, um, I I said it means to like, but the way you would really accurately look at it, it's like, it is pleasing to me. Is kind of how you would put it because it's what you're referring to is what affects the verb. Like so you don't like I like. I'm putting like as a verb into the first person. You like, he likes, she likes, that's it. Whereas with Gustar, what you have is I like chocolate. Chocolate is singular word yeah it's in the singular i i also like chocolates but you know you're gonna be like i like chocolate yeah Fair of enough. course so it's that singular uh is what influences the verb so it's an it so it's third person singular verb and then you just put me because the chocolate is pleasing to me Ooh. Mm-hmm. and then obviously then if you're like oh i like cats or I like dogs or I like animals, something that's in the plural, you then need to put your like verb into the plural and then me is at the front. So it is pleasing to me. So me gustan los animales, me gusta el chocolate. Oh, you've got a plural verb, even though you're talking about yourself.
1: That's Yeah, yeah That'll that yeah. that never do In Irish Exactly Yeah. So you're kind of
2: It's one that you need to put a bit of thought into And there's a few verbs that inflect Similar to that And they're just They're the ones that catch you out And you know Irish wouldn't do that to you
0: No Irish wouldn't
2: Yeah Irish wouldn't hurt you like that Take
0: it away
1: Dustin As I came back to Dublin City At the hour of half past eight the Spanish lady her bus was late. I said, she said, Why don't we go for a bite followed your <laughs>
0: Irish would give you prepositional pronouns though, which I think is a lot simpler in Spanish. Mm-hmm. So that's something that's a lot nicer because if you're thinking about things like, you know, um, He gives it to me. Then you say, "Okay, it's he giving." So that's da to, mm-hmm. he gives, and then it is you know depending on what it is, it could be lay if it's depending on the the item itself, what gender it might what gender the the noun has, and then to me is me. So it'd be like me lo da if it's a it's a masculine or me la da if it's a feminine um, noun, and so that's good. And then you're kind of saying, "Okay, well, what about with?" So, or what about, you know, um, between, you know? So you would just literally say um, something like, está bailando entre nosotros. She is dancing between us. So the between, you don't need to actually then try and conjugate the, the prepositional pronoun. The between us, the us is just basically conjugated depending on what, you know, who the person is. So I think that's a bit easier, really, because it's not as... You're not trying to remember. You know, is it dumb ditched od? Is it coom, Is it what? Yeah. You're just kind mm. of going. Okay, I just need to change that, and that's quite simple.
2: It's a logicy language. Mm. Mm. You need to kind of plan your sentence before this, you come out with it.
1: <laughs> so that that would make it a bit like German almost in a way. But the, I think the idea there's there's a to be said for languages that require you to think before you speak oh there is <laughs> oh there is <laughs> as opposed to what we do
2: yeah there is quite the argument for thinking before you speak <laughs>
1: mm. No, I've, I've, I've had recently had dealings with a man who um when he's talking like he doesn't change the tone of his voice at all oh, and you don't when he, he's when he finishes his, his sentence you know the way if i'm talking now you think dark's about to come to the end of the sentence yeah because there's a natural kind of um Gradiation, I suppose, in the words, but this guy just would just talk for, for ages and I would have no idea what the start of the sentence was because he's so boring. Oh, no. And if he's listening now, he's he wouldn't have the self awareness to realize I'm talking about him. And he probably doesn't know what a podcast is. Fair so, enough. Yeah. <laughs> so silly, <stealing> it <laughs>
2: Yeah. You're so vain, you probably don't even think this podcast is about <laughs> you.
1: There you have it. So, but, are there similarities between Irish and Spanish? Linguistically, we've talked about some of those differences there. Um, or are there words? Are there funny sound-like words?
2: No, I remember um, in my master's actually it was when we were looking at like languages, you know, like the whole tree of like Proto-Indo-European and Proto-Celtic and whatever, and mm-hmm. how languages have kind of evolved from other languages, predominantly Latin or whatever. And you were kind of looking at like, you know, how are these languages related when they sound so completely? different.
1: Yeah.
2: And we looked at a few of them and then the kind of the tip that we were given is sometimes all you have to do is look at counting one, two, three. So you go uno, dos, tres. A hen, a do, a three. Yeah. So you can kind of hear the similarities there. Yeah, do, yeah. Now obviously that's not a set in stone rule. It's just an interesting one to kind of look at.
1: Because I mean, yeah. I can ain yeah, and ein, ain and Irish, and ein in German. Since so similar with zwei and do. <laughs> don't. So that, I
2: can't count in German. So yeah, that's I'm just, just uh, lost on me. But, yeah, but, <laughs> but, but I'm
1: saying that it, it isn't. They say that the words for eight and rhyme with night nice in most languages, or most European languages.
2: Ah.
1: Oh. the nocht, nui and wheat,
2: Oh wow. <laughs> That's just dawned on me. <laughs> that. Oh.
1: <laughs> Derek, what the fuck? Acht and nacht, nui and ui.
2: I think I need to take a minute and like. <laughs> decompress after that. What?
1: Yeah. And what's. And uh, ocho and noche is that? Uh,
2: noche uh, is night and ocho is eight.
1: Yeah. I remember. Oh, um...
2: Jesus Christ. This is a game changer. <laughs>
1: I remember from Herbie one of the Herbie films that uh, the, there's a 50, number fifty-three in the front, and the kid was calling him Ocho. Goes, five and three is eight. Everybody knows that. <laughs> so uh, one of the only line I remember from that film. There he is. Um, yeah, so that's that, that's pretty cool. Um, wow. But were, were, there, were there Claire? Do you think there was another um, interesting sound like words in Spanish and Irish, or linguistic coincidences?
0: I can't really find the list that I sent you at the moment, Derek, I'm afraid, which is not helpful. I think I have them
2: here. Oh, you said about the alphabet. Ah, uh,
0: um, yes. Now this, yeah. Yeah,
2: because they've 27 letters in the Spanish alphabet. It used to be 29. <gasps> <gasps> they chucked two
1: letters. did.
2: Yes, two of them got dropped off. I bet they lettuce. feel like the linguistic mm-hmm. equivalent of like Pluto. <laughs>
1: <laughs> which letters did they chuck?
0: Um, they took out L and C H, so C H and L L. Basically, ooh. they they were originally defined as letters, and now they're gone. And the extra letter they have is the Ñ which is like the little N with the wiggle on top. So oh. that's the extra sound that they have. Yeah, but the the Spanish for alphabet is El Abecedario, which is basically the A B C D S, which I think is quite cute. They'll,
2: they're they're straightforward people.
0: Okay, yeah. <laughs> they, the don't, they don't they don't got
2: time. They don't got time no. to mess around, all right? This is it.
0: They have like all of the letters, rather than say Irish, where eight letters do not exist, no matter what anyone says to me. Just get that in there. Make sure everyone knows. Down with V. So Down with continue v. on. Yeah. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Well, there's plenty of plenty of V's in Spanish. Loves. Before we kind of wrap up, obviously, um, Spanish is um, like has an existence as a. Um, as a minority language in many countries uh, but there's but minority languages within spain itself um have a uh have a storied kind of relationship obviously catalan is doing very well but isn't considered an official language am i correct
0: um it, it it's a regional language basically it's is what it's I, described as it's well, it, catalan is a, it, well it says it's a co-official language at least on the wikipedia page which
1: okay. Yeah. Then yeah, then a commenter down. in the journal so, lied to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: What do you mean well,
2: someone I mean, online was wrong? <laughs>
0: <laughs> the the official languages according to um the the Wikipedia page are uh, Galego which is is Galician, Basque, uh, Catalan and and also Occitan which I not heard of so that's that's an extra language as well oh. and there are there's quite a few quite a lot of different languages because actually they've got recognized languages they've also got then unofficial languages and one of the unofficial languages which i've never heard of before is the gomeran whistled language which sounds incredible and i would love to hear what the that Gomer- is because it sounds amazing so yeah gomeran Whistled language
1: if you speak the Gamera and whistle language, would you please send me a tape of saying "motherfuck podcast" to words, Irish, Irish words, words from Ireland, posted into us or email it into us at motherfuckourheadstuff We would like that very much.
2: I really don't think you're going to get that.
1: Well,
2: um, you never know. I don't know. Optimistic, hope. yeah. <laughs> Derek's gonna be like checking, like refreshing that inbox, hitting F five <laughs> nonstop now for weeks.
0: <laughs> I think that one of the questions that's quite interesting that Derek is thinking about and email is thinking about languages, and you're saying, okay. Spain has this sort of situation where they have quite a few minority languages and how do they coexist with this one language that is is sort of Spanish or Castilian. Um, and I think some of the things that I find quite cool is actually that there's there's definitely some similarities in thinking about why would you become a minority speaker, you know, if if you have this dominant language. Yeah. And there's some really interesting research that's going on and it's being done um so it's been done in Glasgow by Professor Bernadette O'Rourke, who is Irish herself. And she's actually looking at this. And what's really kind of cool is actually thinking about, OK, that we don't need to keep thinking of people having like just a mother tongue, that actually we can encourage people to be non-canonical speakers, that you can encourage people to actually take on secondary languages and not frame it as a lesser thing. And that's something I think Spain is maybe doing a bit better than than we are with Irish, because you do have an uptake. and Like if you look at, for example, the Wikipedia pages, which is, I mean, it's, it's a start, it's some stats, which is something to, to help. You know, Catalan has, you know, 612,000 pages. Basque has 334,000 pages. Galician has 156,000 pages. Occitan has 85,000 pages. And then you get down to Irish, which is less than 40, Oh, it's 50,000 50, pages. And you're kind of saying, Actually, even though the speakers, the number of speakers in these other languages, they're not going to be enormous. They're going to be quite a few, but not enormous. They're still doing a lot better than we are. And I think that's a lot to be said for how they allow the languages to coexist and how they encourage them to coexist. Now, I know there's obviously lots of tension in some areas over these languages, but Mm. in other areas, there's maybe less. And I think we should definitely be looking a lot more closely at them and understanding how they're managing to achieve this in a way that we seem to still be struggling with after all this time.
1: Definitely. That's really interesting. It is really interesting. It's a fascinating thing. One thing we me before uh, I was before we wrap up, I was thinking that um, there was a, a, while back on the news, there was uh, there was some sort of um, uh, political incident in Spain. They had a, a Basque uh, politician from the Ballestuna party was, was on, because he spoke English and he was on, on RT and he was uh, defending themselves. Balastuna is a legitimate political organisation and I guess it's, it's, and he saying he's, he, he's uh, regrettable what happened here, and it's realized it was very clear he learned all his English in Northern Ireland. Yeah, and, he, and this Northern Irish accent was was blending in with his Basque accent. It was just the ways. A, a very curious thing to hear because you often hear think about oh, Scandinavian speaking very Americanized English, or mm-hmm. or, or Germans, North North Germans speaking very Ang- Anglified. English, but it was uh it was very interesting to see people who, a, a community of people whose um English had come from Ireland.
2: Yeah, th- mm-hmm. because of the whole Basque independence and things, they were looking an awful lot at um the situation in Northern Ireland and you know how Irish independence and um I think at some point was it Jerry Adams was like on their. Like their equivalent of like the six o'clock news being interviewed on like how to how they are working towards you know uh, reuniting Ireland or you know independence and and all of the the Jerry Adams things that he does. um <laughs> I'm just doing some Jerry Adams things today, you know. <laughs> but um I thought that was really interesting how they were. Um, looking so closely at the situation with the um, with the North, um, and the Republic, and just Irish independence in general, uh, I was like, that mm. is really cool.
1: Yeah, that's because people do see the parallels. You know during the Scottish yeah. independence referendum, the uh, the Catalans were watching with great interest, and the Spanish government were trying to basically say that Scotland should be shouldn't be given automatic entry to the EU because it was going to cause problems for them by precedent. Oh. But mm. yeah we could probably talk about this for hours but claire we're going to let you get back to saving the world over there in the united kingdom we will look forward Thank to talking to having you on, the, on on the blower again soon Go with me, in the meantime do you have a favorite spanish word you'd like to share with us
0: favorite spanish word yeah. well i i'm gonna pick um just because it always makes me laugh i'm actually gonna pick madre which is his mother and that's simply because I got into endless trouble when I was learning Spanish. Uh, because my mother hated hearing me call her Madre, because obviously the Irish for dog is Madre. Madra. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> she never liked being called Madre because she was like, it's called not the same. Don't call me that damn dog. So
2: yeah, that <laughs> makes Brilliant. Me laugh. My favorite I know you didn't ask me when I tell you <laughs> anyway. Uh, my favourite Spanish word is the word for a hoover. Oh. Which is an aspiradora. Oh. Because they literally just call it like a sucker upper. Classic. Yeah. They're like, what does it do? Ah, it sucks stuff up. Oh, my call it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic.
2: Love it. I'm obsessed. They're just, they're such a practical people. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Eimer, Eimer, thank you very much. Claire, Claire, thank you so much. So until the next time, it is a salon for me.
2: It's a salon for me. And a salon for me.
1: Catch you next time.
2: This has been a production
1: of the Head Stuff Podcast Network. He's a bonny baby. He's got massive thighs. <laughs>